Warning, this episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. to Whiskey Sex Talk. I am your host, Romeo. And I am your co-host, Maria. She is an award-winning professional life and end-of-life organizer, certified life coach, and professional declutterer. She is passionate about supporting people in clearing clutter in all areas of their lives, getting organized, and becoming more mindful and aware. She hosts the popular podcast, Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out, and is the author of 15 books. Julie Caraccio, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So Julie, before we dive in, can you please just tell us about yourself and what led you to become a professional declutterer? Sure. So I, my background was mainly in fund development and grant writing and spent years working for nonprofits. And I started a job and I was like, this place is crazy. I said, well, I just don't want to jump to another job. So what can I do that uses my skill set? I've obviously got to make money. I was single at the time and I have to support myself, but I also wanted to make a difference. And so I came up with organizing and that was really the focus. And then one day I was with a client and I typically work in four hour chunks because especially if you have a lot, you need that amount of time. So you're like, oh, we actually did something. We can see some progress here. And before we started, she said, can we just sit down and talk? I was like, you're the client. It's whatever you want to do. And so we talked for about three hours. And then we were able in that last hour to get so much done that I was blown away. And so I took away from that a couple things. First of all, it's really about the clutter. So technically, you can organize clutter, right? But what I've learned, it's more important to declutter in all areas. And that was really also the aha for me that the inner is related to the outer. And what I mean by that is, Physical clutter affects your mental, your health. It's all related. As you clear physical clutter, you're going to clear your mental clutter. You're going to clear your emotional clutter. So that was a big aha for me. And then simultaneously, when I started my business, I was doing an internet TV show, went to a guy's house and recorded it. And I interviewed all these body, mind, spirit experts and something I've always been interested and passionate about. So I brought that into my business as well. And people really you know, thought it was kind of weird and kind of this holistic organizing and decluttering. But it's been amazing. And I attract the people who are like, oh, yeah, you make sense to me. This is what I couldn't have articulated it, but all the things you talk about. And so I want to talk about decluttering our life, right? I want people to see the bigger picture. And so as an example, a stuffed closet might be preventing a relationship from blooming or a messy desk is a roadblock to promotion. So I want people to see the bigger picture of clutter. Now, I do want to ask you, because you mentioned this uh, towards the end, I'm aware that about emotional clutter, and I think that's the persistent Mm. negative thoughts that we have about ourselves, our lives, and others. Can you tell us more about emotional clutter? Sure. And I just want, since we're going to talk about different types of clutter, I just want to caution people to not get hung up. If you're like, oh, that example should be on our mental clutter, (laughs) let that go and just, you know, don't get bent out of shape about that. So for me, emotional clutter is or can be having a lot of anger or having a knee-jerk reaction, right? Or if you're flipping someone, I lived in LA for 10 years, if flipping off someone in traffic, 
Because, you know, then that's about you. That has nothing to do with them. And if you were going to get so bent out of shape about that, like that knee-jerk reaction, that's what I talk about. Or it's stuffing our emotions, right? Not expressing them and saying, hey, you know what? You hurt my feelings and different things like that. So it really is individual, obviously, but it can be different things such as that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Who holds more clutter, emotional clutter? Is it women? Is it men? Does it matter? Does it not matter? Great question. It's really individualized, right? Because it has to do with the person. There are men, I'm a firm believer that everything's energy. And so some men run a little more feminine energy than masculine energy and same with women. So I would look at it more from that perspective, but no, not at all. You know, a typical, uh, you know, you can have a guy that can easily express anger. You can have another guy that stuffs it down because, you know, he's taught don't express that anger. So it really is an individual. Now, based on your experience, uh, when you actually know, when you work with people with emotional clutter, what are like the hardest things that uh, people, uh, what, what is the hardest part in overcoming that or just working on that? If I could take a magic wand and erase an emotion, it would be shame perhaps guilt that's somehow tied into it. You know, I should have shame about this or guilt or why am I getting to it now? And I encourage everyone to start in that present moment to take care of it. And the other thing is we sometimes don't realize the layers of emotion. I talked about anger a moment ago. I know that underneath my anger is sadness, you know, about 95% of the time I'm really sad and it's coming out as anger. Uh, So I think, you know, releasing the guilt and shame, like I'm wrong for this. Or, you know, if you have been raised, you know, women, oh, you know, good girl doesn't do this. A good girl, you know, doesn't get angry, doesn't express herself. And if that's how you've grown up and that's how your family is. And if you're in a society that tells you that message as well, that can be a lot to overcome. And so you struggle with, okay, is this really okay? And about finding people to say, yes, it absolutely is and support you. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense that this would, um, you know, it it is all really essentially about knowing your emotions and being Mm -hmm. in control of your emotions and understanding how to approach them properly and not let them, you know, be in control and not let your mind, you know, and your emotions run your life. It's kind of the opposite of learning how to read yourself, understand what it means, and then you're able to shift And not fall victim to what you're feeling, right? Yes. And the other thing is, if we don't express ourselves, I guarantee you, in some way, shape, or form, that emotion is going to come out, usually at the most inappropriate time. Because, you know, if you've ever seen people like, whoa, dude, what was that about? Like, what is your reaction? This was like, uh, you know, this little miniature thing. But if you stuff and you stuff and you stuff, bam, it just explodes. Uh, You know, I'm, uh, I'm Meisner trained as an actor. Uh, and, and Maria is yeah. an, 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 an actress as well. And I'm also Meisner trained mostly. <laughs> so you know where this is going. And one of the first things we learn before we even pick up a script or when you're doing the Meisner exercises, we have to learn how to really hone in our emotions and call out ah. our emotions. So when we're doing exercise, yeah. there's an exercise when you're, when you're doing ex- Meisner exercise, uh, on stage and in acting classes, um, you can't let any emotion slip by. And, you know, as actors, so it's so it's like you got to call it because otherwise it gets trapped and then you walk away from the scene feeling weird 
and they tell you, and I'm just really make, giving a sloppy version of it, but I'm giving you just kind of like the gist. And the, for example, you're doing a scene and then you walk away and you're like, that didn't feel right. Well, what they teach you is it didn't feel right because you sat on an emotion, you you bottled it up and you didn't address it during your during your interaction when you're on stage. And it's so true, even as, as actors, as dancers, you know, um, emotions get trapped in the body. You know, and 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 if if we walk around with emotional clutter, it is preventing. I think I truly believe this from us being our truly authentic selves, and we can't be we can't present ourselves the way we want to present ourselves if we're not able to convey or, or communicate how we feel. And it's funny that you say anger because anger is one of the things that actors are very quick to to do. And but they they tell you in acting class like what is that anger? What is that? That's not that's the surfacey. Mm. That's like kind of yeah. one layer. There's something more. Are you hurt? Are you are you jealous? Like what is it? Mm. And it's really refining the way we speak because it's the emotions that dictate the dialogue, you know? And um but bringing it back to our relationships with other human beings. Um, I think it's very, very important, you know, to really, really be able to express yourself emotionally. And it's very hard for people. We've all been conditioned to walk around this planet. And if something happens and you're not and you don't like it, okay, just just continue on with your day. But then you sit on it and then you think about it and it's replay, replay, replay. And then something else happens. And then that just like what you said, it adds and then boom. An innocent person or somebody does something to you and you snap for something so different, so awkward and people be like, what was that for? You're so weird. Or, you know, you get what I'm saying. And I think like, this is the thing that I think, um, it's really, really hard. Now, let me ask you in regards to emotional clutter. Do you feel that we're like now with like technology and I keep bringing this up uh, throughout the podcast, but I feel like technology has kind of, there is an extent that we've been numbed to like something you're feeling angry, grab your phone. You, you don't want to interact, grab your phone. You're, you're upset, grab your phone. You're not, you know, it's just grab your phone, grab your phone to cope. It's a coping mechanism. And as a result, we're not chan- we're not really being uh, adults about it and saying, hey, this is how you made me feel. Uh, do you see this? Um, a thousand percent. But can I just add one other quick yeah. point? Uh, so the next time you see a kid having a temper tantrum, that's an awesome thing because you talked about how we hold our emotions inside our body. And the kids are smart. They intuitively know, got to get it out right and then they're done they scream cry and then they move on but we as yeah. adults have been taught oh you can't have a temper tantrum so the next time you feel like doing it or punch a bag at the gym screaming a pillow that is a very good thing to get those get it up and out and get that emotion and energy moving um i think that you hit on something that's really important and i would say most of us are addicted to to our phones and the technology and it's much easier instead of having a fight to look at the phone uh, you know, it, there's a thing called mimetic desire, which is about jealousy. And so you see all these, you know, so much of social media is fake and unreal. Right. And I'll never forget yeah. years ago, I read about this. She was an influencer and I thought all oh, these poor kids are going to be messed up for life. And she talked about how, cause she was like a family Instagrammer, like spending four and five hours on the perfect shot. And these were like four and five year olds. And I thought, oh my God, one who has time for that. And it would drive me crazy. And it's not real, but we see these images and that creates a lot of jealousy. Oh, I don't, how come my life doesn't look like that? How come I don't have that? And it's, and it's not real. And, you know, I mean, don't even get me started on the beauty standard, but I think that, you know, electronics and social media has, has been detrimental. And I don't, you know, I hope at some point 
the the balance tips and we go back to more in face. I mean, I know we had COVID and all that, but less reliability on electronics and back to writing notes Notes. and all of that. I agree with you. And um, I really do believe, I hope that we're, we're starting to acknowledge and realize that this needs to change because people keep wondering, why am I single? Why are so many people single nowadays? Because people are not mindful. They're not present. They're, they're walking with these walls and, and we're really preventing ourselves from like meeting that possible person that could potentially be your, your ride or die. And it's, it's sad. And you see that you go on dates, you, you see that you're on dates, the person's not present and, and, and people are just not really, they're scared of just living in their emotions and really, really truly expressing how they feel and they'll mask it with with things, you know, by like not being honest or like being passive mm-hmm. aggressive about it. Um, I think Maria had a question. And I, I- <laughs> no worries. No. Yeah, I just um, I wanted to talk um, a little bit about mental clutter. Sure. Which is, you know, the constant kind of low level stress uh, that we experience from having too much on our plates uh, and on our minds. Can you can you. Um, Elaborate on that for us a little bit. Sure. So for me, examples would be anxiety, would be insomnia, right? Worry. My my dad likes to say borrow trouble. Uh, Monkey mind, like never shutting off. I think those are just a few examples. And, you know, they do lots of studies about that and how like a messy desk can affect your mental state. And, you know, I mentioned at the beginning about having a messy desk being a roadblock to promotion because you can't think clearly when you're in a space. And I invite everyone listening, if you have a moment, go into a cluttered space, close your eyes and just sit and see how it feels. You know, I've talked about everything being energy and then go to a space that's less clear and close your eyes and they see how you think differently, how you're able to be more creative. I get a lot of pushback from creatives and I have a, have a solution for people who are creative to keep their space uh, decluttered. But it's just, those are just some of the examples. And I talked the inner and the outer. So if you got a lot of physical clutter, you know, I'm in the middle, I've got two more weeks left of renovating my house and I'm ready to pull my hair out because my office is filled. We've got everything in the bedroom, the bathroom and other parts of the house, and it's affecting me mentally. So there's a definite relationship there. I think there's one, one other good thing to point out about mental clutter and tell me if you agree with this, how much of it is actually also linked to the bad habit that humans have of rumination and of thinking about Mm -hmm. scenarios and things over and over and over again, and having that run in your head, like a broken record. I think a huge amount of, you know, your sanity (laughs) depends on how. Yeah. And I'd call that monkey mind. And that's a great thing. So if you're ruminating on something, that's a gift to you because that's telling you. So for example, if you're ruminating about your crappy boss, then maybe you needed a better boundary and you didn't yeah. express, hey, you know what? That wasn't okay. Or like we've been talking about romance. If you are uh, always ruminating, I'm always hurt, I'm always hurt, I'm always hurt. Well, then some healing needs to take place, mm-hmm. right? And the present moment is your point of power to change. You cannot change the past. I've tried really hard. It has yes. never happened. And the future's written in pencil, Right. But when we become present, that is our point of power. And that's what people have to remember. And, you know, we mentioned, uh, I can't remember if it was Romeo who said it, you know, when we're on our phones, we're not present, right? So we're, we're in some other place except in the, in the moment of now. And that is a disservice to us. Yeah, that's a 
to everyone. That's a really great point. In therapy, we, you know, I think good therapists really try. One of the first thing that a good therapist tries to do is really focus their patient or client on, you know, the present mm-hmm. and to understand the importance of letting go of the past because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And the future is really unforeseen. And if you really think about it, and, it, you know, this is a higher level concept, but I think when people grasp this, everything kind of takes place in the now. I mean, it becomes the mm-hmm. past at some point, right? Right. But but really what we have, everything we have and we know happens right here, right now in this present moment, not right. two seconds ago and not three seconds ahead. Once you can really grasp, once you really think about what that means and grasp that concept, you know, um, your thought process it's it's just it's just it's a life changing thing, I think. It really is. Yeah, I agree. I I do want to know this because I don't know what is spiritual clutter. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So for me, here are some examples: not being able to forgive. I mean, talk about mental clutter. They're taking up space in your your head and your heart. Uh, not having gratitude, mm-hmm. not having love. Right, coming from a place of hate. Like, who is it that you hate? And sometimes, you know, we look at the U.S. where I am and how divided we are as a country and how we can just hate complete groups of people. I'm like, really? You've met every person that's like that? I think our examples, uh, not doing what you're meant to do, right? Not taking a life inventory. No, how can I be a better person? I mean, I'm a work in progress, but I'm always trying to improve and be the best version of Julie that I can be. So those are just a few examples. And I think especially forgiveness is huge and not having gratitude, you know. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you obviously have access to a computer or something. You know, I think we get, especially in countries like the U.S., we have so much and we have no concept about different people around the world and what they lack. And we're still moaning and groaning about what we don't have. I, I th- right. I, I think that's so important. Um, you mentioned forgiveness uh, you know, uh, that's a hard one for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially when you feel that you've been wronged. Um, it, it can, you can, so many people sometimes carry it over to their next relationship and they don't find closure. And, uh, really it's, and, and the closure has nothing to do with the other person is really has, it has to Not do with you. It has to do mm-hmm. with you. And, and you see that, you know, you, you hear that or you see that you, oh, we've been in situations where, uh, well, you know, something will happen in a new relationship and somehow it rewind, you go back into time and, and you connect it to the other person that to this person that has nothing to do with what, 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 you know, from has nothing to do with the last person you dated. And, and, and you see that all the time and it's, it's terrible. I feel like, I think that like, um, when, you know, the spiritual clutter, I, I, I really, I really, I want to say I, that resonates with me because I think that more people need that type of uh, healing in that aspect and, and really mm-hmm. learning how to do that and really be forgiving. It's hard. <laughs> it is. It's, but you know what? First of all, everything relates to healing. I believe, I like to say you're either coming, a lot of people, it can be boiled down to feeling not good enough, not worthy and not loved. And you can split that down even further. You're either coming from love or you're coming from fear right? When you really boil it down. And so many of us, and I include myself on this, I'm a continual, continually working on myself, need to be healed. Mm-hmm. But it's not something we're not taught that in school. A lot of our homes, I'm older than both of you, but you know, it wasn't something I was taught growing up. And I think that we need to, as a, as a world and globally need to really start switching that. And how do we, you know, COVID showed the cracks in our mental health, right? 
and and what's lacking for so many people. But it it all begins in healing. And also part of that is owning your life, right? There's a great book called uh, Radical Self-Forgiveness. And the first, I was like, oh man, I'm put it down. But this book doesn't allow you to be the victim at all. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And, and this is actually, know, sorry, go ahead. Finish no, go ahead. I just, I just wanted to say something um, because I feel this, what you just said um, actually um, flows very well into uh, the practice of gratitude, because this is um, this is it's something we hear a lot about these days, you know, be grateful, be great. That's kind of the mantra. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we obviously we have a lot of things to be thankful for. We take those things for granted on a daily basis. But I think the interesting point about gratitude and where you can really, um, you know, find the key to what it means to be truly grateful is sometimes uh, looking at the worst of the situations and still taking a lesson out of no matter how horrible a situation may be and no matter how wronged you feel, you know, in the moment, but still after you have, you know, kind of simmered down a little bit and worked through the negative emotions or whatever consequences that situation, you know, might have caused to still find light in that and to still take a lesson out you know, and and learn something because I think where a lot of people fall short is they think you know that gratitude um, is always linked to the positive things in our lives. Yep, yep. But that's, that's not necessarily the case, and it's where you can look at your darkness and not fall victim to it, which is exactly what you just said. That's where the real real growth happens, and that's where your life. I just feel, you know, you you just really you live on a different level when when you can tap into that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Excellent point. You're a thousand percent. It's easy to be like, oh, I'm grateful for the food in front of my plate, but I'm, uh, can I be grateful someone's harmed me or hurt me? That's when it's really challenging. And, right. and you know, what other people do is about them. How you respond is about you. You can only control your thoughts, your actions, you know, what you're saying and doing. You can't control anyone else. I know a lot of us try, but we ultimately can't. And so that's why it's really important to own it and and be able to forgive. I have a sign as I look here in my office that says, do I want to be right or do I want peace? Because I need that yeah. reminder constantly. I'm not at the point where I don't need that. And it, it doesn't matter if I'm quote unquote right. Sometimes peace is more important because I, there's so much out of my control. It doesn't matter. It, I can't be right all the time. But I've I think not sometimes I think peace is is probably the most important thing. And if that's that can be the underlying foundation of where you kind of mm-hmm. operate on, yes. you know, on this on this planet mentally, obviously, you will have days that are bad, or awful or amazing, you know, but even if if you can bring your down to if you can bring yourself down to a state of peace, whether mm-hmm. it's an emotional high from something that's really great, or an emotional low, because even when you are really, really happy about something, that can be detrimental to you as well, because you're chasing that feeling all the time, right? But peace is kind of this neutral state, you know, where, and I feel, I feel like if you really understand what that is, um, you know, everything in your life just becomes so much easier to control. And you Mm -hmm. understand how much of everything that we, you know, stress about is really very trivial. No, you're a great point. It's so true. And that's why I have that sign to remind me, like, really, is this the hill you want to die on? Do you really? Yeah. And I I laugh because I, I see so many people. I hate social media and I have to be on for, for business, but 
I see so many people. I'm like, really? Or like, I laugh. So I got this comment on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but basically your glasses are so big. They're distracting me. I was like, I like my glasses and Hey, aren't you happy on YouTube? You can go find someone else's whose glasses don't distract you. I mean, ultimately, but I'm thinking, I'm like, this is great. I'll do a little short on this. Really? This is how you want to spend your time criticizing my glasses. Okay. But sorry, sorry for you. If that's, you know, that's your life. Yeah, you can really tell, uh, learn a lot about yourself if you just, uh, you know, and about other people if you just yep. um, see observe. where they focus, observe and where they focus yep. their attention, right? Yeah, it's fascinating because you think <laughs> like some, and we all have those moments, but what I would of say course. is, you know, like, look at, like, I've belonged to some groups for my alma mater and I've seen someone, I'm like, okay, it's been years. It's time to do some healing, Right. It's, you know, you can't, you've been complaining for years. And then when someone says, hey, you know, maybe you want to get some support and then you get bent out of shape. Okay. It's your life. But then you just, it just, people are just like, I don't even want to be around it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that sometimes I talk to people from, you know, um, way back when 10, 15 years ago, and they're still dealing with the same issue. And they're saying, oh, I'm going to the therapist and we're discussing this. And it's just over and over again. And I'm like, what kind of therapy are you in that it's taking you 10 or 15 years to get over something that should just go away in, you know, a couple of days if it's done right. I mean, that's draining on your, that's creating more mental clutter for you, right? And draining on your pocket. How much money have you paid to discuss a problem that's 10 years long? You have to have awareness and then take action to create change in life. And a lot of us get stuck on one or the other. And, you know, I had a friend that, and I was finally like, your therapist sucks because all (laughs) the therapy session was letting them complain. I'm like, first of all, you're paying someone to let to complain, you know, but then you never take action and you never solve it. You never heal. And that's the, and so that's why it's become aware and then move forward. And that's the thing too, you know, it's, it's, it's really finding that within yourself and that's hard. Like people are so stubborn in this, in this world, we're all stubborn in our own ways and, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a tough process doing that, you know, that's decluttering spiritually, you know, in, in Judaism, we have this, it's called a bedtime prayer. And in that prayer, it says, I forgive anybody that has wronged me intentionally, willfully, uh, unknowingly. I forgive. I'm willing to let go of that. And, oh, nice. And, 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 it's, and, it's, and in the morning prayer, when you wake up, it's, it's, we have a prayer called Modeani, which means you're thanking God for restoring your soul. I, I think spiritual uh, decluttering is a one. I think it's the for, for me, I feel like it's such an important thing, especially if you want to be a healthy being and you want mm-hmm. to attract another person and be with someone, you really have to learn how to really be a, a compassionate, empathetic person and really, really learn to not hold things personally. Um, and, and it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I think that's the, that's everybody's challenge, you know, learning to do that for ourselves, not for the next person mm-hmm. or, or, you know, for yes, whatever, because yes, yes. we carry ourselves to our next relationship and next one, you know, mm-hmm. our inner life. And we have to really find, um, that, I want to say that that peace within us and it's, it's so hard. Um, but, uh, I do want to talk about the next topic and then that's, uh, I wanted to ask you what, what, what is, uh, actually I'll ask, I'll have Marie ask it cause she's been wanting to ask that question. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm just interested. What do you mean when you talk about, um, 
health clutter? Is that are those eating habits or exercise habits or what is great question? All of the above. Like how well are you eating your exercise? How long are you sitting down? Right. Yeah. Most of us are in front of computers all day. So there's that. Are you going to your regular checkups? You know, are you it's like you might have a good diet, but how is your nutritional health, right? And different things like that. And again, like clutter, like if you have a cluttered house, there's dust. You could have rodent, you can have, you know, that affects your health. It could create mold if you get a leak there and there's all that stuff and you can't find it. So that's, those are just a couple examples to me of health clutter. Uh, Another thing that people sort of overlook as they age is that the importance of, you know, obviously there's, you know, importance when you exercise, it makes your body, you know, feel healthier and look better. But one thing that people overlook is that, as our bones, you know, degrade when we get older, the importance of muscle strength becomes so much more significant because, you know, when you're in your 70s and 80s and you have Mm -hmm. weak bones, if you have worked your muscles, that's what's going to help hold up your spinal cord. And basically, you know, so that your body is just not hanging, you know, like a like clothing on a hanger and putting that pressure on a spinal cord. I see that with a lot of old people, they're complaining because of, you know, osteoporosis and all of that. But had they exercised a little bit in their life and had their, you know, muscles been a bit stronger, a lot of those health conditions could have been um, avoided. So once again, it's just, it's about the awareness of kind of, I think, right, the spectrum of things. you And understand how they affect each other. So if you have a lot of clutter in your kitchen, you're going to be like, I don't want to cook. So you're going to eat frozen foods. You're going to eat takeouts. If you can't find your car keys in the morning, oh, I can't find my car keys. I can't go to the gym and exercise, right? Right. So understanding that connection, how it's affecting everything. I think now we're seeing a shift. Uh, People want to be healthier. They want to lead healthier lives. They want to work out. But there's still that, you know, you still have to overcome a lot of things because once once you you get that going, everything falls into place. But I I think... uh, Health clutter is the number one thing because, you know, it's so easy. I'm so busy with work. Oh, you know what? I don't I, I don't have time to cook. I'll just go to a restaurant. I'll go here. I'll, you know, we'll, we really kind of can lose control in that in, in that sense. And uh, for me, I think like when I think about health clutter and I talked about this on the show, I, I, I really do believe that people should be really physically fit and, and really, really because it's part of it's, it's a part of us, you know, it's our instruments, our body, you know, if you're not physically well, you're not going to be at your best when it comes to meeting or, or going on dates or meeting people. And it's crucial. It's very, very important. Even sexual health. I talk about this. I'm all about sex positivity. And if you're not taking care of yourself, it's, it's terrible. We know these people out there. Uh, you know, I, but I, that's I, also related to the emotions, right? Because if you clutter can cause depression, depression can cause clutter. If we're stuffing down our, I'm an emotional eater. I have to be very aware of that. If I'm not expressing myself, well, I'll just go get a pint of ice cream, right? I'm going to have to soothe myself in some way if I'm not expressing it. So that's another way that it brings in and that everything's related. So is it fair to say that uh, health clutter is manifestations of, let's say, emotional, mental, or spiritual clutter? Is that... Definitely. Again, I hate, I don't like to make all or nothing statements, right, right, but I'd right. say for a lot of people, yes. Now, Julie. I like, think it's a clue, definitely. Right. Now, now here, Julie, here's what I want to know. Can you just elaborate more on the importance of staying organized in these fields? Because we've talked about it. We went here, we went there. How, what, how does that relate to an individual when it comes to love, sex, in, in, that, in that aspect, and life in general? 
Well, I would say, you know, we're always doing, and you, I'm not talking, you have to be a hundred percent 24 seven on top of stuff because then that becomes a bore and a chore. And then we will let that go to the wayside. So it's just becoming aware. So today for someone listening, okay, let me contemplate this. What, you know, what's the clutter I have? Oh, you know what? I worry a lot. Or you know what? I haven't been to the doctors in two years. I'm going to go make an appointment. So examining what clutter do I need to tackle right now, right? And I'm a big believer in don't try to do more than three things at once. But that goes back to if we have a life inventory, okay, maybe I sit down and I take some, that's why I created journal prompts to ask all these questions and then have a plan of attack to do it. But where are some areas where I'm not feeling so great and have a lot of clutter? And then saying, okay, then here are some things, let me get started in this. And then what are three tiny steps that I can take to move forward on that? And oh, and doing a life inventory, I think is something that, you know, really is important because it shows us where we're challenged and how we can improve upon that. Or it's, you know, maybe if it's like at the end of the week, spending 10 minutes tidying up your desk or tidying up if you put mail on the kitchen counter, like spending the time, like the physical tidying is just as important as everything else. And as you do that, you know, that gives you more energy. You have more mental clarity to be able to do things. So as you work on one area, that's going to affect other areas too. And that kind of gives you that boost and gives you a little bit of confidence. You're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Or someone's told me I'm bad at this and say, no, you know what? I just did it. Is that kind of answering what yeah, you're looking no, for? It, 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 no, it does. And, and I think that's amazing. Listen, I, I really, really thank you so much for, for coming on the show and, and really talking about this because this is so relevant. You know, if we want to be better human beings, better partners, better husbands, better wives, better people in general, this mm-hmm. is stuff that I think we we don't consider it clutter, but it really is. And, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's, it could prevent us from just being happy in life and, and yeah. mind, body, Definitely. and soul. And yep. so my question for you, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Sure. If they go to reawakenyourbrilliance.com, they can connect with me on social media, see all my DIY stuff, my books. And if they sign up for my newsletter, I have free 10 quick tips and 10 areas to declutter your life, including holidays. We didn't get on holiday or relationship clutters. It feels like the main point is, is that once you really get rid of or start getting rid of one type of clutter, another type of clutter will follow. And that will help you clear space and get a little bit more organized too, which is what people find difficult. A lot of people find it difficult to stay organized. And it feels like it's just about doing the physical things, right? But there's a, you know, you got to dig a little deeper. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. I am your host, Romeo. And I am your co-host, Maria. Till next time.